Tanya for the 25th of Iyab refers to story. There was a, a great rabbi who lived in the same town as the Maggid of Mezrich. And he was always confused as, as to how and why the Maggid's davening would take such a tremendous amount of time. They, he knew that the Maggid um, followed in the, in the ways and the kavanas and the intentions and meditations of the Arizal. And he couldn't understand why it was that his davening took a certain amount of time. And the Maggid's davening, however, would carry on and on. And the Maggid would daven at extraordinary lengths. And he just didn't understand. We're both, we're both, you know, we're both using the same meditations. Why is my one taking so long, uh, taking so short, and the Maggid's one is taking so long? At some point, he confronted the Maggid and asked the Maggid, not in an accusatory way, just in a way, at least how I understand it. He just wanted to understand why was it this way. And the Maggid, instead of answering the question, started to ask this man about his, about his life. He said, tell me, how do you make money? So the man said, I'm, I'm a businessman. He says, how, how does it work? And he says, I go to Leipzig. It was a big, um, a big city with a big, a big fair. He said, I go there once a year. I travel there with a, a tremendous amount of merchandise. I sell it. And that gives me enough profit to live throughout the rest of the year. The market said, that's wonderful, but how do you know if you've made money? You know, you can sell your merchandise, but maybe you lose money. He says, no, 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 no. I have calculations. I have a book filled with how much money it costs me to, to buy everything. Then I have a book of how much I sold everything. I, I tally it up and I, I determine how much money profit I've made. So said the market, you could save yourself a trip. Before even leaving, just write it in your book and then you know your profit and you don't even have to go. So the man said, no, it doesn't work. I said, you have to sell the merchandise. And then after you sell the merchandise, then you could you could tally up and make a calculation. So the market says the same thing with with um, intentions during davening. If you want to if you want to go through the motions and just tally up, that that won't work when it comes to intentions and meditations during davening. You actually need to feel it. You need to have the 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 feeling of it is the merchandise in this scenario. And if you want to actually Get the merchandise all you need. You're going to need to put in the hard and long and and, and um, time-consuming effort of connecting those emotions to oneself. The Tanya now is giving us those tools to enable us to do that. Going through how Hashem works, how the 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 contraction works, and the, how the Shechina works in this world gives us the tools to enable us to understand how to have these meditations. That's how I understand it, at least in connection to today's Tanya. Earlier we talked about the relationship between the soul and the body. And we understood that there's not just you know um, the soul giving soul power to the body, but there's, there is that too. But there's also there's an element of the way the soul connects to the body by way of the brain, and also the way that the soul gives the lion's share of its energy to the brain. With that in mind, So to God... Un- unlimited infinite energy gives the energy to this world to make all the worlds to 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 make them god um, to make them alive if not for godly energy in any the highest worlds or the lowest worlds they will all cease to be in every world, there's an infinite amount of angels and souls, etc. And we've touched upon this earlier. And the amount of worlds also has no end. One world higher than the next world, and it just absolutely goes infinitely so. 
Now we explained earlier on that the soul powers of the relationship with the body in one track, let's call it, is equal. The soul just animates the body entirely equally on in, in, in one in one track, where the soul is just giving energy, the brain, the nose, it doesn't care. It just it, the soul is just downloading itself. Not in a very downloadable format, but still kind of downloading itself into the body, entirely animating every single part from the person's hair to a person's toenail to a person's nose and brain. The same thing occurs with the world. Hashem has this infinite energy and it just goes everywhere equally. That energy of Hashem is equally in the highest of worlds and equally in this world. And it's also equally concealed in the highest world and equally equally concealed in this world. Hashem is hidden of all the hiddenness, which means that in the highest world, Hashem is equally hidden as Hashem is hidden in the lowest world. The Alchemist says, from the fact that we know that Hashem is hidden, and Hashem is equally hidden in the highest world to the lowest world, there's a hidden power that exists equally there and equally here. It's almost like you're, 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 you're determining the shape of something based on the shadows. You know, you, you don't know what the shape is, but you can see the shadows, so okay, now I know what the shape of... Hashem is hidden, equally everywhere. Which means that that energy that's that's coming, that's powerful energy that's called hidden energy, is is equal in all all the worlds equally. So what's the difference between the higher worlds and lower worlds? According to this, it sounds like, well, that's this awesome. This world is getting the same energy as the highest world, the same hiddenness, the same energy, the same everything. So, so what makes this world lower? Because, I mean, you look around a table, chair, and roof, and floor, and you're like, okay, this is definitely very concealed and very limited. And we know about the higher worlds, at least as much as our brains could comprehend. They're very high and very elevated. So what makes it different? It's the revealed energy that's different. The revealed energy is extremely more potent than the higher worlds. And in this world, the revealed energy, I mean, look around, try find it. It's very difficult to find. And this is the reason why the energy of Hashem is called light. Hashem's energy is not light. It's very important to make that distinction. We use the terminology, er, light, all the time. That's not what it is. Light is just an example. It's, it's like a, a comfortable word to use when describing God's energy. And even energy, also not the right word. We have no idea what Hashem's, whatever it is that makes this world that comes from God, but it it comes to us in a in a similar format, at least as much as our brains can comprehend, like light, and that's the reason why it's called light. And Hashem animates and creates all the creatures. The, what makes the higher worlds different than the lower worlds is not the concealed energy, because that's equal all around. It's the revealed energy. The revealed energy in the higher worlds comes in a higher format, a higher, a higher power, a higher surge, let's call it, than the lower worlds. So what makes the, the higher worlds higher is the fact that the energy that they're receiving is much more revealed 
and much more potently revealed than this world where you literally try to try to find it. So what happens is, even and the lower worlds, even the spiritual lower worlds, remember that there are higher worlds and lower worlds, and the, the lower worlds, aside from this world, are still receiving a tremendous amount of revealed um, energy compared to this world, but that energy compared to the worlds that are higher than it is, is a fraction. And so what happens? That energy from the higher, what let's call it world number one to world number two, the energy gets broken down. It gets it gets um, concealed in in curtains and garments, and and it's not able to transfer over in the same potency as the higher world. And it keeps on doing that, and, and over and over and over and over until finally we reach this world where, we, you know, good luck finding it. And that keeps on traveling until, as we said, it comes to this world. And this is a physical, um, touchable, um, corporal world. Then you go around to this world and you see things and you don't see the godly energy. In fact, when you look at things, you look at a table and chair and they look like they're dead. Everything looks like it's dead. Because when, when, when we say dead, we mean that you don't, we don't see the godly energy that's truly creating and truly making it be what it is. So this world is the ultimate sense of concealment. Ach, but what we need to know though is inside of them, yes, Inside of everything is godly energy. And we're going to touch upon this in quite a, quite a bit more in book number two of the Tani, which we're almost up to. But the point is, inside of absolutely everything is this godly energy enabling it to be. Were it not to, it would go absolutely to nothingness again. So when you, let's say, spiritually unpack a chair, and you're like, when you go deep inside, what's really inside of that is godly energy. But it's revealed, because it's concealed, because the revealed energy of God is in a very, very, very diluted state. Like we write in Eitzchayim. The physical world, in Eitzchayim it's written, this physical world, what level is it? It's Malchus, of Malchus, of Asiya. So there's Atzilus, Briyati, Asiya. In Asiya, there's ten levels. Malchus, of Asiya, which is the lowest of the lowest level. But in every sphere, there's seven more spheres, like we literally have an example of the, the, the spheres that we're counting right now. So, Malchus of Malchus is the lowest of the lowest level of the spheres, in the lowest of the four walls of Asiya. But now here's the crazy part. You have a chair inside of Malchus of Malchus of Asiya, you're like, well, I don't see it. there's no good silver. But if you just look a little deeper, what's inside of that? Malchus of Asiya. And inside of that is, if you, if you unpack that further, you have Malchus of the world of, of Bria. And if you unpack that further, further you will have Malchus of Atzilus, which in turn has inside of that the higher worlds, the ten spheres of the world of Atzilus. And a world of Atzilus is united with Hashem's unlimited infinite energy. So, though, to summarize, to summarize, we yesterday and the day before we were explaining about 
the relationship between a soul and a body. And we use this as an analogy to explain the relationship between God's energy and this world. That we unpack today. And we're saying the same thing exists, just as there's two tracks of a relationship between the soul and the body. One energy is just where the soul equally touches everything and also kind of, while it's touching, also doesn't touch it because what relationship could an unlimited soul have with a physical body? But it touches the body equally in that, in that track, in that highway. And then there's another highway with which the, with, with, with which the soul relates to the, to the body in an intimate, personal way, giving the brain much more power and letting that power from the brain flow from the brain to all the different other parts of the body. The Altarabbas says the same thing occurs with Hashem's relationship with this world. There's one type of energy that just equally touches and doesn't touch anything. It's this powerful, untappable, un, uh, unstoppable, in, infinite energy that reaches the highest world and the lowest world equally and non-equally in the, in the sense that it's so powerful. It's, it's concealed everywhere. It, it doesn't even it doesn't download itself into the highest world. The highest world would blow to bits if God's unlimited energy would touch it. And the lowest world, of course, it would blow to bits. So it's equally hidden and equally concealed. That's track number one. And track number two of Hashem's relationship with the lower worlds, or Hashem's energy's relationship with the, with the lower worlds, which is, of course, Hashem, is that the higher worlds get so much more revealed energy from God on the second track. And the lower worlds get so much less concealed energy of this track. And the final point of today's Tanya is, Alter says, don't make a mistake to think that it's just, you know, it's just the low packet energy that comes to this world and that's it. Alter says, no. If you really unpack the energy that's come, it's been diluted and there's garments that's concealing it. But if you just look deeper beneath the chair and the table and the apple that you're about to eat and make a brachad, if you go deeper into that, you'll, there's, there's, Energy for the higher world and higher and higher and higher until really it connects to that unlimited energy. So everything essentially is still connected. It's just, it's gone through garments of concealment. So that way in this world you walk around and you just see a, what we call a dead world, a world without godly revelation. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Zilanisha Shishana. We have a lot of people who are going to to hinder anyone else who needs to push. Have a wonderful and very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.